Hello everybody, welcome to King's Arms Church Online, it's really good to be together again. Hope you are doing alright, hope you're doing well and had a good week, are you doing okay? I am not doing too bad, thank you very much. Good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well, thank you. And we do hope you have actually managed to have a good week, especially in the light of the new lockdown restrictions. Realise that that is going to be difficult for many of us and can cause a great deal of anxiety and... We just want you to know we're praying for you and want to encourage you to keep trusting God. Let's keep pressing forwards. Let's keep being full of faith and hope and bringing it to those around us. And um, let's keep being thankful for the really good things in our lives as well. Yeah, and today we are taking some time to thank and remember those that have given their lives in service of our country through many conflicts and, and wars and those who are currently serving uh, in the military right now in our own community. And Remembrance Sunday is just one of those moments where we get to stop and honour those who have sacrificed so much for us. And so today we want to, as scripture says, outdo one another in showing honour and make some space and time to pause, to reflect, to pray and ultimately to remember. So we're going to watch a short video that's going to be followed by a minute's silence and so I'd encourage you to participate with us now.
So Father, we want to join together today and thank you for all the men and women who've given their lives in the service of our country. And we today pause to thank you and celebrate their lives and honour them in a way that we believe heaven would honour them today. And Father, we just pray for every family that has uh, loved ones serving in the military right now, that you'd be with them, that you'd comfort them, you'd give them great peace. Father, we pray for those that have lost, lost loved ones in conflict, that you would again surround them with your comfort, Holy Spirit. And Father, we just remember today that ultimately you gave your life for ours. You came as our sacrifice and Jesus, we celebrate today and we remember the heroes of our country. Amen. 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 So good. Well, we're going to spend some time worshipping Jesus right now and just been reflecting a bit this week that often we give thanks because we are joyful, we're happy, we're, we're feeling good. But what I've learned over the last couple of years is that actually thankfulness leads to joy. And the more thankful we are, the more room there is in our hearts to know joy and peace and faith and the good things that God wants us to feel. And I just want to encourage you as we sing in worship right now, however you're feeling, why don't you just remember who Jesus is and begin to thank him, thank him for the good things in your life. And do you know what, if you're struggling to actually find things that you're thankful for, then let's start at the cross. Let's start at the love of God, um, the love that the Father showed in sending Jesus for us. Let's worship him. Come on, you weary. Come on, you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find His mercy. Come to the table, He will satisfy. Taste of His goodness. Find what you're looking for For God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son to save us Whoever believes in Him will live forever And bring all your failures Come lay them down at the foot of the cross Jesus is waiting there with open arms For God so loved the world that He gave us His one and only Son to save us Whoever believes in Him will live the power of hell forever defeated Now it is well, I'm walking in freedom For God so loved, God so loved the world Praise God, praise God from whom all 
sent Jesus to love this world, to love every single one of us. Thank you, you moved heaven and earth just to bring us close and into a relationship with you. Father, we respond with praise today. We respond in worship. We love you, God. Resurrected King 
Jesus, we do love you so much. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you are still seated on your throne. Yes, and sure. Jesus, we thank you that through the good and the bad, you are sovereign, you are Lord, you are faithful, you are mighty. And we just want to pray right now that you would come and fill us again with the power of your love. We thank you that your love is real and we want to pray for our nation. We want to pray for all the nations of the world. Would you come again in a tsunami of your great love, a great wave of love crashing down on people. God, we want to pray for those that are afraid, that are anxious, that are sick. Would you come and meet with them? We want to pray that you would pour out your blessing in a new, fresh way, King Jesus. I pray as well that many would turn to know you, that they would bow the knee, that they would realise that you are God, that you are for them. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. Yes, God. Amen. 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 So good to worship together. And uh, obviously part of our worship is also giving. And so this is a moment in our service where you can give online. Again, there's options on your screen right now. And just to say thank you so much for your ongoing generosity and just for everyone in our church community who contributes. uh, That enables us to uh, serve people in all sorts of different ways in our town and indeed across the world. So thank you so much for sowing into that so generously. We so appreciate your generosity and your commitment. And we are going to watch a short video now by uh, my friend Ben, who's going to introduce an evening that's happening soon called Snapshots. In July, we ran our first King's Arms Snapshots evening, where we shared in small groups about our experiences of race and culture. Due to popular demand, we're now running another Snapshots night, this time on the topic of talking to our kids about race. 
Have you got questions or stories of what's worked well in your family? We'd love for you to join us as we explore the topic and aim to equip the next generation with tools to navigate a healthy and diverse society. Let's keep talking about race and culture. We'll meet on Zoom on Tuesday the 10th of November at 8.30pm and you'll need to sign up on the website that is kingsarms.org forward slash snapshot. I really want to encourage all of us to get involved in our conversations about racial diversity. We really want to take this seriously in this season where God's putting his finger on these issues for us. And ultimately, we are called to reflect heaven on the earth. And in heaven, there is going to be a multicolored tribe of people who are part of Christ's new family from all different nations and languages and tongues. And we really want to be that kind of family on the earth and reflect the wisdom of heaven in the way that we do life together. All sorts of different people, different colours, different backgrounds, all who have Christ as our saviour. So come along to our Snapshots evening, get involved, hear some stories that will make you think and help you to pray. So good, thank you. Um, You should have had an update from Sue about what our Sunday mornings and gatherings are going to look like in this coming season. And I'm afraid we have had to put our in-person gatherings on a Sunday morning on hold. That's a little lip. Um, So sad about that. I got there for the first time last Sunday in ages, so... It was so good. It was so good to be there. And I can't wait for us to be gathering there again. Uh, The good news is that technology is at our disposal to still connect to one another. And so we are actually launching another way of connecting together online. And it's called Raw Church. It's an exciting experiment. And so Simon is going to introduce this concept to us. So let's watch this video together. Okay, so what is Raw Church? Well, it really came out of our experiences from the last lockdown. What the team pulled off was amazing. But what we began to realise was that face-to-face meetings could be disrupted for some time and may not be accessible for some people for a long time. And while streamed meetings were great in terms of worship and preach, they missed much of the connection element that makes church church. I and many others were hungering for more connection. Another element for me was my research into disciple-making movements across the world, where God is moving powerfully and people are growing as followers of Christ and helping others become disciples at an exponential rate. One of the foundations of what God's doing is that people are learning to read God's Word for themselves, often through a way of studying the Bible in a group called Discovery Bible Study. Now I'd done some training on this over the summer, it was actually held over Zoom using this method and I loved it. And as I was thinking about these things, the idea of Raw Church came about. What if instead of bemoaning the situation we're in, we could seize the day and make the most of it? What if we could create some communities online that work in parallel with our face-to-face meetings where we get real connection that we're all craving but also get to go deeper into God's Word together to learn to obey what we're reading and grow as disciples? We quickly got together a group of around 40 people to do a pilot of Raw Church and we tried it out. Feedback was incredible. People were gutted when the three-week trial was over. The sense of connection, the power of opening God's Word together, the impact of hearing live stories of what God was doing in people's lives. It wasn't perfect, of course. Some worship just doesn't work over Zoom, so we had to get creative with reading a psalm and praying prayers of thanks. There's the limitations of Zoom itself. It was not perfect, but this is not a perfect world. Overall, though, the trial was far, far better than I'd hoped. 
So we got some feedback from those who did that raw pilot, and as a team, we quickly decided this was gonna be part of our plan for this winter. So we have got three raw churches launching on the 15th of November, 9.30 and 11.30 if you feel that King's House was the location you were part of before lockdown, and 10.30 if it was university. But don't get too hung up on that. If you aren't sure, just join whatever works for you. I wanna encourage you to join up to a raw church. What I want to be clear about is that you're joining a community that's going to be in place until at least March next year. Each ROAR is limited to 80 people, so over time you're going to get to know lots of people from that group. Each week you'll be meeting live on Zoom and there'll be stories of what God's doing in people's lives. There'll be an element of worship. There'll be an opportunity to prophesy and pray for one another. But at least half of the time is going to be centered around God's word. Reading a passage together in a small breakout group of five to six people and using it to discuss and hear God. We'd encourage people to still come to face-to-face meetings if they're able. And the vision will be that some of the people you meet on RAW will also come to the same face-to-face meetings occasionally. So over time, you'll get to know a much bigger group of people. So if you are longing for connection, if you want to go deeper into God's Word, then come and join a raw community. Check out the Frequently Asked Questions on the website. You can email in if you've got other specific questions. We look forward to seeing you on Raw Church. It's so good. We're really excited about trying something new and uh, please come and join us. We'd love to see your faces and to interact together in this new way of doing church in this strange season. Well, I need to go and do a quick wardrobe change. So I'm going to hand over to my co-host. See ya. (laughs) See ya. Um, Well, we're introducing a new preaching series starting this week called Kairos, which means a moment of divine opportunity. And today we have the amazing Phil Wilty preaching to us. Well, today we are starting a brand new preaching series. It's going to last us for four weeks and it's called Kairos. And this is a series looking at how we can seize the divine opportunities that are presenting themselves to us in this strange old season that we're currently in. And Kairos is a Greek word. It's found in the Greek New Testament, and it literally means a day or a moment of divine favor. And so we're going to just be speaking into some of the things that we see going on in the world right now and how we can respond, how we can adapt, how we can trust God and look to him in this season. So today I want to talk about the purpose of mystery, the purpose of mystery. And if you are a Jesus follower, Uh, revelation and mystery are two critical issues for you to navigate. And very often as a Christian, we are focusing on the revelation, what has been revealed to us, what has been shown to us in God's word. That tends to be what we major on. We tend to look less at the mysteries of life. How do we navigate the things that have been concealed from us, the things that we don't know much about? How do we navigate that? Because both are a reality in our lives. And perhaps we see that at the moment more than ever before as around us, we are surrounded by mysteries. And uh, you, you see this in scripture, men and women who grappled with the mysteries of life in the midst of the things that God was also showing them. John the Baptist would be a great example. John the Baptist was probably the the greatest of all Old Testament prophets. He appears at the start of the New Testament, but he is really closing out the Old Testament. And John the Baptist, perhaps more than any of his contemporaries, had the clearest revelation of who Jesus actually was. As he sees his cousin, Jesus, approaching the River Jordan, he says to everyone, 
This is the one that we've all been waiting for. He's the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He's going to become greater. I must become less. He is going to baptize you with the spirit and fire. I mean, John had some serious revelation going on. And yet, if you fast forward the story just a few chapters later in Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist has been thrown into prison for his prophetic preaching. And he sends a message to Jesus with his own disciples saying, ask Jesus, are you the one or should we expect somebody else? Suddenly, John had moved from a place of confident revelation to a place where the mysteries of life, the fact that he was now in prison in a hole with an uncertain future, suddenly the mysteries began to overwhelm John to the point where even his confidence in Jesus' identity was undermined. He says, are you the one or should I expect somebody else? And Jesus on that occasion replies, John, blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. He's saying, John, life is full of mysteries. It's important that you learn how to navigate mysteries well. And actually, I would suggest that how we handle mystery is as critical as how we handle revelation because both actually reveal God to other people. As we look at both of these areas, both of them actually have the power to release a revelation of what God is like if we handle them in a healthy way. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian and someone who is perhaps known to be relatively prophetic at times, I've had people ask me over these last few months, Phil, what is, what is God doing at the moment? What's this whole COVID season about? Is this from God? Is it from the enemy? What's God saying to the church? What's going on in the nations? And to be honest, sometimes the most honest answer I've had to give is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's so much mystery about life right now. Is this the enemy? Is God at work? Could it be a big mixture of both? Actually, there's perplexities in life that as a prophetic church, we have to somehow navigate and trust God in the midst of. Sometimes we can be guilty of speaking when God isn't. Sometimes we can be guilty of not speaking when he is. But actually navigating mystery is critical to the Christian faith. And in this moment, perhaps all the more so. And here's just one verse we're going to focus on this morning as a bit of a pivot into talking about the purpose of mystery. And it's Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, which says this, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Let me just read that again. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever. Two very simple revelations in that simple verse in Deuteronomy. God reveals stuff, but some secrets belong to God alone. And there's a purpose behind secrets. There's a purpose behind mystery. And I want to suggest three purposes of mystery that we are to navigate in this season. Number one, the first purpose behind mystery is that it should inspire worship. Mystery should inspire worship. This is what it says in Job 11.7. Job says, can you fathom the mysteries of God? The answer to that question is meant to be, no, I cannot. I cannot fathom the mysteries of God. Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? 
The sense here is that we are in the midst of mysteries meant to realize that we are here and God is here. (laughs) That God is far above us in his power and sovereignty and wisdom and glory. And that there are some mysteries that are designed to just make us stop and surrender and worship and say, God, I cannot probe your depths or your mysteries and I'm going to worship you. Mystery should serve to drive us to worship God, to look up, to say, I don't know what's going on right now. This circumstance in my life is mysterious. What's going on in the nations is mysterious. But what I know I can do is I can worship a God who is above all of these things. I'm going to lift my sights to heaven. See, worship is not just our response when everything makes sense. Worship is our response when nothing makes sense. And if we are going to be a prophetic church in this season, we need to model to the watching world how we worship in the midst of a mystery. How we worship when we don't have all the answers. How we worship when we are navigating strange and confusing times that we are a church that lifts our heads to heaven and worships him. This, of course, is what Job, who wrote those words we just read, did in his own life. If you're not familiar with the story of Job or Job, as someone once said, uh, he basically experienced this moment in his life where everything that was going well for him was stripped away. His livelihood, his family, his income, his health, his house, his future. And he has this moment where everything is stripped away. And in Job chapter 1, verse 21, this is Job's response, having had all this just happen to him. It said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised. Early in the passage, it says that Job fell to his knees when he said these words. In other words, mystery caused Job to look up. He didn't look in. He didn't search for answers outside. His first response was to look up and say, God, I do not understand, but I know that I'm going to worship you. Your name is to be praised. See, God allows mystery so that we can worship. And, you know, ultimately, I'm glad that I cannot fully comprehend or explain to you what God is like in his infinite glory and his infinite wisdom and his infinite sovereignty. Because otherwise I have a God made in my own image that would fit inside my tiny little brain. God is outside of these things. And God in this moment of mystery is calling his church to be a church of prophetic worship, where we worship him. I just encourage you right now, if you're in a moment of either perplexity or confusion or uncertainty, or if you're just finding apathy creeping into your bones, listen, worship God. Give your best energies to looking up, to getting into the word of God, to bringing your praises before God by getting on your knees and surrendering before God. Listen, God is not looking for people who have all the answers. He's looking for people who are passionate worshippers of him. And so the purpose of mystery, firstly, is to inspire worship. Secondly, the second great purpose of mystery is that it develops trust. It develops trust because in mystery, we have to lean into God's character, not just our circumstances. 
And this is how trust works. Trust is built on the legacy of history of what you know about someone, that even though your circumstances and your emotions and your feelings might change, actually the character of the person you trust does not. And so in mystery, we have an invitation to develop trust with God in a moment where we don't have all the answers. Because ultimately, we don't need to trust God when we have it all sewn up and together. That's why so often our trust and our faith can take a nosedive when everything is going swimmingly in our life. Because there's nothing that we actually need to trust God for. And so our prayer life starts to tail off and we stop seeking God but suddenly where there's some mystery in our life, we have to lean into the character of God. And right now, that's one of the things that God's doing. And there's a great need for the world to see a church that is putting their trust in God on display. A church that's saying, we, we haven't got all the answers, but we are leaning into what we know is true of our great God, that he doesn't ever change. That in him there is no shadow or turning. In his, his word is always true. He is always good in every season. We're leaning into what we know about God, that he is trustworthy. His name is faithful and true. Therefore, we're going to trust even though we can't explain everything that's going on right now. I believe this is one of the reasons why the church often thrives in developing world contexts where there's almost a daily need to trust God to provide. I was chatting to some of my Kenyan friends who are in a very rural part of Kenya. Many of them can't work right now because of COVID. They're living in a daily economy. And they were saying to me with massive smiles on their faces, we're not actually sure where our next meal is going to come from. And for the people in our church, we're not quite sure how are we going to feed them? But praise God, Jesus always provides. That's what they said. Jesus always provides. We're just trusting God to provide. And so they're in a place where daily they're having to trust God in the midst of mystery and difficulty. And how we in the West need to learn that again. A robust, confident trust in the character of God to see us through even in the midst of great mysteries. You know, Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, demonstrate an incredible trust in the midst of mysteries. It was Daniel, that prophet, who said, you know, I serve a God who reveals mysteries. And he and his friends were serving under a foreign king, King Nebuchadnezzar, in Babylon. And one day, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace by the king for not bowing down to his false idol. And as they're about to face potential death, this is what they say to the king. This is Daniel 3, verse 16. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. That's trust. God's either going to deliver us, or we're going to die, but we put all our eggs in one basket, and we just trust God. And we're just, the outcome's in his hands, but we trust him. We're not bound down to your idols. In this moment right now, our eyes are fixed on him. We trust our God. And that's the second purpose of mystery is that we might develop trust. And then thirdly and lastly, 
The great purpose of mystery is that it invites inquiry. It invites inquiry. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but to search out a matter is the glory of kings. So critical that we understand God sometimes hides things for us, not from us. He hides things for us, not from us. In other words, some mysteries and secrets exist that we might seek God to find answers. And there's an invitation right now in the midst of the mysteries of life to become a greater prayerful people, to seek God, to get on our knees, to learn how to prevail in prayer, to say, God, in the midst of perplexity in the nations right now, would you reveal your answers from heaven? Mystery exists because God is drawing us into a life of prayer, a life of partnership with him, where we begin to cry out with all our hearts for breakthrough. Uh, I love uh, Banning Liebscher's illustration of this. He talks about playing hide and seek with his kids when they were little. And he says, as a dad, when you're playing hide and seek with your children, actually, it'd be pretty sad if you find the hardest place to hide and you just hid there all day until your children couldn't find you anymore. No, he said, as a dad, you hide, but you really want your kids to find you, which is why you make cool cooing noise from behind the sofa you dang your leg out the back of the sofa because you want your kids to find you in other words you're hiding for them not from them there are some mysteries in life where god is saying listen i'm just behind the sofa (laughs) come and find me but i want you to seek me i want you to learn how to pray and to partner with me in changing the world through prayer You know, there's this stunning verse in 1 Peter 1 about the prophets of the Old Testament, about how they inquired of God in the midst of mysteries. 1 Peter 1 verse 10 says this about the prophets. It says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest of care, trying to find out the times and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. What's that saying? It's saying that the prophets of old looked intently. They were trying to find out things that they didn't know, but they knew God did. I just imagine Isaiah as he's getting this download of prophetic revelation about to us a child is born and the government will be on his shoulders and he's going to be called Prince of Peace and Wonderful Counselor. I just imagine Isaiah getting those revelation and just it causing him to seek God for greater revelations of mysteries. God, who is this child that's going to be born? Where's he going to be born? When's he going to be born? What's he going to be like? I just imagine Isaiah entering into this dialogue with God where he prays and says, God, bring it about. Bring this child from heaven so that the government can rest on his shoulders. And friends, as a prophetic church, God is inviting us into this kind of inquiry. When we get on our knees And we say, God, would you reveal mysteries? Would you reveal secrets? Give us answers from heaven. So this is a moment of mystery to drive us to prayer. So in conclusion, three purposes of mystery. Number one, it inspires us to worship. Secondly, it develops trust. But thirdly, it invites inquiry. It calls us 
to pray and to seek God. And do you know what? At the other side of this whole COVID trial, if we come out having learned how to worship God better, trust him more and pray better, those three things will be fruits that are going to stand the test of time in our life and the life of this nation and this church. Because I tell you, how you handle mystery is as important as how you handle revelation, because God is revealed in both. And so we're going to take a moment right now just to pray. I'm going to invite Lauren to come back and just join me. But why don't you just, wherever you are, just take a moment now to close your eyes and let's just pray together. Lauren, come and join me. Let's just pray together, shall we? Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of our hearts, Lord, in the moments where we are, we have all the answers, but also in the moment where we struggle to find answers. We bless you, God, that you are worthy of worship when everything makes sense and when nothing makes sense. And Father, I want to pray for everyone who's listening to these words right now. Lord, would you grow in us these three fruits in the midst of this mysterious old season that we're in right now? Father, I pray that you would inspire us to worship you with all of our hearts. God, I pray that you would develop deeper trust. Lord, so that we trust you in spite of our circumstance. And Lord, that we would come out being a prayerful people who've learned how to seek the face of God and call heaven to earth. God, we, we just say, come, use this season. Don't let us, in a sense, waste this moment where you're wanting to take us deeper into you than perhaps we've ever been before. Mm. Holy Spirit, come and work in our lives, we pray in Jesus' mm. name. Thank you, God. Yeah, God, thank you that you are such a good father that even though we may not understand everything, we can know that you're a good God yes. who loves us, who is sat on that throne, who's victorious, that that yeah. you are bigger than we can ever understand. And yeah. you are so good to us, God. Yes, God. We love you so much, Father. Yes, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us. Dad, great job there. Love oh, thank you. Talk. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, just a reminder that the link to Coffee and Chat is below in the um, in the chat. Um, and yeah, click on that if you'd like to join. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so good to be with you and have a good week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Are you chewing that one? No, I've definitely, you've definitely had some snacks today, Josh. I've seen them. <laughs> the big strawberry things. The straws. <laughs> Them big strawberry straws. Seen at least a couple of those come out. Yeah, you've always got a <laughs> snack or a McDonald's or something with you. <laughs> My brilliant dad's gonna start us off with. Yeah. 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 Whoa, come Whoa. on. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dad. Ooh, nasty day to be building outside. Oh, it'd be quite nice in the rain. A bit refreshing. For about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> be worse in the heat. Be like that film Holes. Oh, 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 oh. I'm really distracting. <laughs> I feel like Donkey and Shrek in the back of the car. <laughs> Can I move away and leave Lauren here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
father's words. Yeah. So sweet. <laughs> now, have I got bogeys? I know this will make the gag real, but got to check. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to trust you guys. Uh, friends in Kenya, just... Yes, I was. What we need to it do... It would be funny if you introduced yourself. <laughs> just, just big yourself up. We've got this amazing guy coming and speaking for us today. I've heard he's got some real wisdom from God. Over to you, Phil. And then just yeah. you could just like see you just walking up. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> hello. Well, hello. <laughs> Done. Yeah, brilliant. Do you want us to share any embarrassing stories about each other for bloopers? Oh, no. Good job. Oh, good, good job, Good job, good job. Lost it, you did. <laughs> He's back. <laughs>